Blimey. This is one out of a jam jar, you got here. House of Mystery contains demons, angels, elementals, magicians, wizards, apparitions, adult language, and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not enter the House of Mystery. All right, then. On with the show. All right, hello. Welcome, everyone, to the House of Mystery. I am Michael Flores, the host, curator of the House of Mystery. And in the studio, or in the House of Mystery, with me today is the... Demon David. How's it going, everybody? All right. Well, you're a demon today. Or today. Yeah. I mean, I could be a fallen angel. God only knows. You could also be <laughs> Judas Iscariot. <laughs> <laughs> Give me one point. <laughs> one point. Ding. But that zinger. All right. So today we're going to be talking about the Phantom Stranger, David. Are you ready for this? Oh, absolutely. You're talking about one of the, we're going to be talking about one of the characters that started me into comics. Yeah. He's a fun character for sure. A confusing character if you want to if you try oh. to track down his origin stories and people look at me funny when I explain to them this is the story of the Phantom Stranger and then it zigzags all over the place. And I, uh, is there a definitive origin story at this point? I it mean, it just depends on like what, what DC world you're on. Uh, yeah. I mean, currently in the new 52, we all know what his, uh, what his origin is. It's more tied to the story of Judas's, mm-hmm. but you try to history, deny that one, right? I do yeah. because unfortunately it takes away from a lot of the other origins that are out there of the Phantom stranger where well, whether they all work together though. That's the beautiful part. When you think yeah. about all the origins of the Phantom Stranger, they all could tie into one thing, but it adds to the mystery of that character. Yeah. Well, today, Dave, are you ready? You strapped in because we plan to do a series of discussions on the Phantom Stranger. And in this particular episode, we are going to be starting on the very divisive storyline. <laughs> the one you had just mentioned. We are going to be focusing on the new 52 era. Yeah. More specifically, the reintroduction of the Phantom Stranger. And Dave, I know. I know very well that you have very strong feelings about this. Yes. Quickly, in a nutshell, because we're going to get into all the nitty gritty. But... What is your biggest issue with the new 52 era of the Phantom Stranger? My biggest issue with the Phantom Stranger is there's no power to his mysticism. He's not a mysterious character. Yeah. As soon as they made made him the made him this type of origin for this earth, it it ruined everything that you had the Phantom Stranger had as a power. The mystique. The mystique. Yeah, I can't disagree with that. Yeah. So that's probably your biggest. If you had to pull one problem out one of the problem, problem is, bag, out of that problem, out of that new 52 problem bag, that would be the number one. That would be the absolute number one. Yeah. Because like, I know for a lot of characters, a lot of fans basically feel, well, the power of the mis- uh, being a mysterious character is you don't know their origin, but it goes so much more with the Phantom Stranger because the power, it's not just the power of his mystery, uh, the mystery of thing, but a uh, mystery of his character. But then once you actually give him a kind of like a, a structured origin, then you depower him. 
Right. And he's not as powerful. I mean, he's not as powerful in the new 52 as he was back then. Well, Dave, it's, it's in his name. Phantom. (laughs) I mean, if you try to explain that, it kind of takes away the mystique. Yeah, it takes away the mystique. You, you pull back that veil a little too much. So I, I can't disagree with that, Dave. I don't feel as passionately against it as you do. And throughout today's discussion, the listeners will figure out why. So let's focus our, our conversation a bit. We will probably deviate, Dave, We no doubt, because we both are passionate about this topic. So I'm sure we're going to end up bleeding into other areas of the phantom stranger origin. But for the most part, we are going to try to stay focused on the Trinity of sin. Yes. The phantom stranger volume one, a stranger among us, the new 52. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. That was not the original name. They added Trinity of Sin later because of its implications, the importance of the story being essentially at the heart of a very big DC New 52 crossover, correct? Yes, because it was supposed to to tie in heavily into stories dealing with Apocalypse and the New Gods. And what they were trying to do in the New 52 was explain what's above the heroes of Earth. You know, give the universe some substance. Like yeah, it was already there, and, but it was already there. <laughs> that was that's the frustrating I, I part. I know, I know. But for New Fifty Two, they have to explain it. And for the immediate, I guess the immediate story that they were working on was known as the Trinity War. The Trinity War. Yep. The New Fifty Two. Uh, I don't want to bash um, it. No, no, no. Well, yes, I don't want to bash, <laughs> but I also don't, don't want to reiterate things that we already drove home uh, when we talked about the Constantine volume one, new 52. Yeah. But essentially the Phantom stranger was part of the new 52's third wave of stories. Yes. Okay. And for the purpose of context, let's talk about the Trinity war briefly so that people understand what was going on at this time, because there was a lot of moving parts, just like with Constantine volume one, the spark uh, what the spark of the flame, I believe what we just covered. Yes. So many pieces working together to tell a story in parallel that leads to a, an epic crossover. So the Trinity war wasn't, they say it's a, it's an 11 issue comic book story oh, arc. There's so much, but officially, yes, it's 11 issues, but there were so many tie in issues, so many tie ins that they did nudge many of the readers to go to. And if you wanted the full gravitas of the Trinity war saga, then yes, you were going to have to pick up all those little tie in issues. Yeah. Uh, So this comic book story arc originally was published in 2013 by DC comics featuring the fictional superhero teams, the justice league, justice league of America and justice league dark. And the arc spans several titles. Uh, the main storyline received generally positive reviews, though it was criticized uh, for not having a true conclusion. In fact, that's what uh, Paul, one of our hosts on this network, Rain Man Digital, he hosts uh, the Batman fan show, Wayne yep. Talk. One of the things he said the moment I mentioned Trendy War was, all, oh, you mean that crossover that had no ending? Yeah. That's the first thing he said. I, I didn't even finish Trinity War yet. 
the, the word. I was like, have you read Trinity? Oh, yes. Trinity War. <laughs> he was so upset about it. He's like, oh, yeah, because oh, yeah. it basically never had an ending and it led directly into, he said, a better crossover anyways, which was Forever Evil. Forever Evil. And yeah, Forever Evil was fantastic. But I think what a lot of people... A lot of people don't give the Trinity War a lot of due is the fact that in the Trinity War, you are trying to explain and bring in so many different it's new too much. things. It's too much. I mean, you just mentioned the teams. The teams by themselves, yeah, those are three major teams, but then you had to deal with character reintroducing a new Trinity, a uh, mystic Trinity of Pandora, Phantom yep. Stranger, and I believe it was the Spectre. The question. Or it was the question. Yeah. So you have those three. That's another force. And then on top of that, this was during a time when you just reintroduced one of arguably right now, one of the more popular characters in DC, which is Shazam. Yeah. I can't even say it, (laughs) but like three times (laughs) you, you reintroduce Shazam and you expect to hammer all of this stuff into one storyline. Yeah. That's supposed to lead to forever evil and but, yeah, but originally it the, wasn't supposed to. It wasn't to. supposed to. <laughs> yeah. So of course we're not going to get that r- conclusion that we got because eleven issues do not do this story justice. Yeah, and there are a lot of great things in my opinion about the Trinity War oh, crossover yeah. because of the mystical side of things. The fact that Justice League Dark was involved, and come on, that's a win right there. Constantine was involved, uh, but then you also had the Phantom Stranger involved. But ultimately, I think. The problem with this volume, volume one here of the Trinity of Sin, the Phantom Stranger, is probably the same problem I had with Constantine volume one, the new 52. And what I have, and I guess ultimately the problem I have with a lot of the new 52 at the very beginning, they weren't focused on telling stories about our characters. They were interested in laying down a foundation, a framework. Yes. Like, okay, well, let's set this up so we can go here, then over here, here. and then we're going to go over there. Never really worrying about the the intricacies of a true narrative. It was more yes. about just laying down groundwork. Laying down groundwork and actually connect, uh, connecting the dots yeah. without actually thinking what the picture is going to be. Right. Because if you think about it, in the very beginning of Trinity War, you you start off really hot and you basically introduce concepts like Pandora and how she unleashed the seven sins. Which, by the way, was pretty cool. Which was cool. Yeah. And then in that regard, the seven sins. Okay, so we'll tie that to Shazam because Shazam has the the powers of the seven gods and, you know, his arch nemesis is the, the totems of the seven sins. So that makes sense. And then you start trying to connect the dots without actually thinking what the game plan was. And at the end of the story, you started with this character that was really had a lot of potential in Pandora and she, it went nowhere. Yeah. And then you, you brought in other characters to explain the mystic part of DC, the DC universe, like yeah. the Phantom Stranger. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, dude, I, and it's I like, agree. You, you just thought of too much of a big cake. Right. Yeah. All right, so the Phantom Stranger, Trinity of Sin, Phantom Stranger Volume 1, A Stranger Among Us collects Phantom Stranger Volume 4. Let's not make that too confusing, but it is called Volume 4 because this is the collected issues of all of the Phantom Stranger stories. This is considered Volume 4. Okay, now this particular volume here 
covers the new 52 number zero through number five is a total of 144 pages. It is written by Dan DiDio, the man himself. Yes. The one who came up with all the brilliant ideas and said that they were going to bring John Constantine back to its roots. <laughs> Art by Brent Anderson. All right. So the synopsis, who has been sacrificed? Who is guilty? Who can save us? And who is the fandom stranger? Don't worry about thinking about that question very long because they'll answer it within two pages. Yes. Cursed for a betrayal that affected the very curse of hit the course of history. The stranger walks the earth attempting to atone for his sins. His actions have consequences and his and he fulfills his duty. The people he encounters will never be the same. All right, enough of the snark here. Okay, <laughs> let's just quit being so uh, elusive here. I didn't dislike this. As I had said during our new 52 discussion on John Constantine, it's just very different. It looks yeah. like a duck. It walks like a duck, but it's not a duck. The ambience that was created, the mythology, the world building was cool. Bringing Phantom Stranger into the regular DC title in this way was awesome. In almost every way, this title was was a lot like what Constantine did. It aided in bringing in a slew of faces, or I should say reintroducing a slew of faces for the new 52 continuity. Uh, the series reintroduces a number of DC comic characters, including the Spectre, yes. Raven, and Dr. 13. And that's cool. But again, issue zero, six issues. And we're dealing with the Spectre, Justice League Dark, the implications of the up, the upcoming Trinity War, Raven, yep. Doctor Thirteen, Trinity, or I should say Pandora. How many storylines can you throw into five issues that really don't have a lot to do with the Phantom Stranger himself, other than he's at the center of it? He's at the center, yeah. And that's... That's the problem that I ultimately, one of the problems I had, I already discussed about like one of the biggest problem was his reorigin, his retelling of his origin. Yeah. But another problem that I had with it was the beauties of the Phantom Stranger was he's not the main character of the story. And what I mean by that is like the Phantom Stranger is there to assist the story going forward. There's always a story about like, you know, this one character needing help and a mysterious stranger shows up to help guide them. And that's what the Phantom Stranger was, is, is really honestly a really good tool of using for storytelling. He's not the hero. Your main character is there. And if you look at like old issues of the Phantom Stranger, it's always like that. The Phantom Stranger is watching in the background, watching this character go throughout the entire story. And it's only towards the end that you start seeing the Phantom Stranger trying to guide that character to change their destiny. Right. And that's what made it cool. That's what made Phantom Stranger so mysterious and awesome that at the very end of the story, you're like going, who was that stranger that just showed up and saved the day? And they attempted to do that with this issues with these issues here and i don't i don't want to say they failed but i i don't want to say that at all because they did do that 
I didn't feel like many of the issues were really about him. And I think that was yeah. my problem because they were they didn't fully commit to that idea. If they fully commit to the idea that he's a supporting cast member, which is what he does play a lot, as you said. Yeah. Okay. That's his story. He's in the shadows. He's in the background. He's not pulling strings, but he's there when, when he needs to be there. He's front and center in these issues because it's his title. It's his comic series, right? Yes. But he's not doing any front and center actions. Exactly. Many of the decisions that a protagonist would make He's not making. He's just simply there. He's he's there. And basically he becomes kind of like the. The goal of the story. He's not the one that's achieving the goal. Yeah. He's the goal of the story. Like. Toward the toward the end of the run that he had in New 52, it was more or less kind of like the story was about the Justice League Dark. And like how they were going to assist. And see, that's honestly what they should have stuck with. They should have stuck with him just being a member of Justice League Dark. Dark. It would have worked, in my opinion, much better because then you could have kept the mystique because that's the, that yeah. goes right back to your origin story problem, Dave. The reason why they gave him an origin story like this was because they were giving him his own title where own he title. was supposed to be the center of attention, that he was going to be the protagonist. Mm-hmm. And as you said, your biggest problem is the origin story aspect. You felt like, as well as many others, by the way, you're not the only one who feels this way. Many Phantom Stranger fans feel the same way, that the, the, the best thing about him was the mysteriousness behind his origins. Yes, they alluded throughout the years what his origins were, and there was always ideas that he was a fallen angel at one point. Oh, yeah. There's, but, there's... but they never directly said, hey, you're a fallen angel. <laughs> exactly. Hey, the... you're a fallen angel. My biggest problem with this issue, Dave, my biggest problem outside of everything else I've mentioned is that they give you the details within issue zero. Zero. They didn't bait us with his origin story. If you're going to reintroduce this character and you're going to reframe everything that we know of the phantom stranger, then you need to take time to build the mythos up yeah. because I don't have a problem with him being Judas Iscariot. I think that's pretty fucking cool. And it's still connected to some type of divinity. It's not too far away from the phantom strangers original origins right you could see the similarities there it still works i don't have a problem that he was judas iscariot i have a problem with the fact that there was no mystery behind who he was yes there's no mystery because like if you think about it okay i can see your point that judas iscariot making him judas iscariot it works. Okay. I mean, I even think about it. Okay. So he's a fallen angel, right? Yeah. That's some of his, that's the most uh, clinged to origin story. Clinged correct. To origin. Yes. Okay. Well, then you have Judas Iscariot, a fallen apostle, a fallen apostle. And the, I, I dig the whole connection to the 30 silver. That's the, the famous. It's fucking cool. It's, it's awesome. It's a good tie. It's, it's a good concept. But f- for me, it's when you did that, especially in issue zero where you just basically come out and hammer at home that basically this is who he is. Yeah. yeah. You depower him in my opinion, because all of a sudden he's not as, he's not as mysterious. He's not as mysterious. That's what it comes down to. If he shows up, I'm not basically, Oh my God, 
it's the Phantom Stranger. No, he's Judas Iscariot, a man who tried to hang himself and couldn't succeed. For betraying the Son of God. Uh, right. And it's like, when you take that in comparison to what he was, and don't get me wrong, I understand Dan DiDio's logic why he had to do this to the Phantom Stranger because I remember reading articles about this because it was a big thing for like fans of this oh, character. Yeah. yeah. And Dan DiDio's problem with the Phantom Stranger was he had so many different origins. Like he had like, he had over six, I think four to six types of origins and no one could pinpoint what's the real one. <laughs> but, I mean, but isn't that kind of the charming aspect of the, the Phantom Stranger though? Because we don't really know. F- exactly. Yeah. And that's the, that's the thing that I, that's I, what I was Dan like Dio didn't understand. Get. Yeah. I mean, like, yes, he has the, all these different conflicting origins, but that's what made this character really cool because you didn't really you didn't really get this gauge of how powerful he truly is. I mean, like, just to sum up some of the origins that he has, at one point he's, just as you alluded, a fallen angel. Another one actually says he was a man who uh, was a, a simple man who questioned God and God punished him for questioning God. And another one was another where he's a being caught in a time loop. Did he ask um, the... The age-old question, what did God need with a starship? What did God need a starship? <laughs> but, like, and then one of the coolest origins that I think not, uh, everyone kind of overlooks because it comes from arguably one of the best DC stories out there is the kingdom and kingdom come, is the fact that the Phantom Stranger is the son of Superman and Wonder Woman. Uh. Yeah, I don't like that. And that's what I mean, though. But, like, you didn't know, like, what it was because in the very end, the cool thing about that was Wonder Woman sees the Phantom Stranger's face, says that, I know your face, but you're not the Phantom Stranger that we worked with. And then all of a sudden it oh, says, okay. it, it it suddenly just explodes your mind that basically, oh, my God, the Phantom Stranger can be anything. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and that's what but, I... But again, not giving you concrete proof concrete as to proof. who he is. Yeah. And Dan DiDio wanted to give concrete proof. Yeah. Because and and that listen, was the- I, I understand his logic as well. I get from a writing standpoint and also one of the leaders and uh, the, the torch carriers, right? Or torch bearers, I guess, of yeah. the new 52. I understand what he was trying to do. And there is logic behind it. But it also shows a very serious problem with his understanding of the character. And my humble opinion yes yeah so because bringing it back to the way this was written okay in the new 52 the fcbd special edition number one that was prior to issue zero the phantom stranger was already implied at that point before his story even started was already implied to be judas iscariot and part of the trinity of sin with Pandora and the question. And the question. Okay. And issue zero, it was all but, conf- it was pretty much confirmed. It was confirmed. The Phantom Stranger was once known as Judas Iscariot, the apostle that betrayed Jesus. Now, this is the element that I keep trying to get to I, I, that I had the issue with the most. Why give up the mystery of who he is in issue fucking zero? Again, I don't have a problem with with him being Judas Iscariot. It could work. But imagine if we didn't find out who he was. Till the end. Until the fucking last issue. And yes. 
to be fair, they never called him Judas Iscariot. They never used that name. Yeah. In fact, in the first five issues, they don't even they don't even say that he betrayed Jesus Christ. They don't even use that name. They don't use the term God. They don't use any of that. But you understand if you if you've read the Bible in any way, if you know anything about Judeo Christianity or Jewish Christian mysticism, you know who the great betrayer is. The great betrayer, yeah. They mentioned 30 pieces of silver. If you've ever read the Bible or know, or know anything about the betrayal of Jesus, you know about the 30 pieces of silver. He's wearing the typical Jewish garb of the of the time in issue zero. He's hanging himself from a tree. Then God speaks to him from the heavens and tells him what he must do. Yes, they don't say Judas Iscariot, but you pretty much know by the end of issue zero. How do you give up the goods that fast? That I do not understand why they had no. How did Dan DiDio not think to hold a mystery? Exactly. And I think the reason why. Is it comes down to the fact that they didn't care about the mystery. They didn't really even care about the story itself. They cared about laying down the foundation foundation because the goal was the Trinity war. Yeah, and at the end of the day, especially when you're trying to deal with a, a storyline with the Trinity of Sin, that is dealing with one of the biggest mysteries in DC is the the, the question of what is the, the magic element in the DC New 52? That's one of the biggest mysteries at that point that they were going to explain, hey, we're going to delve into the magic side of the DC universe. Yeah. And you have the Trinity of Sin leading the way. They open up the cosmos, essentially. They opened yeah. up the yeah, they opened up the cosmos to for all the audience to basically say, hey, we're going to have these cool epic stories of like what we got from, say, like Vertigo, like books of magic and stuff like that. And then it leads to nothing. And yeah. that's why I feel like, you know, just like what you said, Paul basically says, oh, the story that led to nothing. Well, yeah, it did. But just like what you said, it's laying down this important foundation. It's Right. And that's what you, I think, in order for you to fully enjoy this title, you have to know what you're reading. It's, it's essentially groundwork. That's it. It's, there's no real attention to detail. For example, I want to say in issue two, we flash forward a thousand years after the origin story is done, right? Uh-huh. Maybe this is even issue one. Regardless, it's within the first two issues. And we witness the lackluster birth or origins of the specter. Yes. How do you tell Jim Corrigan's story in three pages? In three pages. Especially since it, it felt... I like the element that basically you tie the Phantom Stranger to the birth of the Spectre. Absolutely. And that's why the Spectre becomes the 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 quote unquote spirit of vengeance of the DC universe that fulfills God's wrath. Okay, that's cool. You tie it's the awesome. Phantom Stranger yeah. to it. But to just bleh it just, just to just to basically like throw it up on a page. I in honestly an issue. I honestly think we met Jim Corrigan in three pages. And that's it. And then on the fourth page, I'll be less conservative. He exactly. was turned into the specter. The specter. 
Again, it goes right back to them just being in a hurry to lay down groundwork because, yes, you're absolutely right. I do like how they essentially pair them together, the Phantom Stranger and the Spectre. It makes sense. Honestly, it, it does. It, it makes perfect sense. They are they are essentially two sides of the same coin. Yeah, it's an obvious design to prepare as well for a future story down the road. I get that. And I think that's ultimately the problem with this entire run here or volume one. I should say it just doesn't feel like a sincere effort to tell a story about the Phantom Stranger. It feels like a commercial or billboard. Hey, this isn't the story we want to tell, but we're using this as one of 100 vehicles or more to guide readers to purchasing even more comics. Especially since you, you in during that issue, which I'm glad you brought up, you have this moment when you have arguably the two strongest DC entities in the, known in the DC universe. Yeah squaring off against each other and then it just leads to a mysterious voice basically saying i have to whisk you away <laughs> my wrath is somewhere else which is apparently god <laughs> right and that's that's where i said the attention the detail it just wasn't there it, it wasn't felt there. rushed because felt rushed. you see these two powers who you know yeah you have these essential divine powers right they are they are the upper echelon of power ranking when it comes to the dc universe and they're about to square down they're about to fight and then a voice stops them and says you must you have other work to do i'm like what <laughs> who's this voice i'm like <laughs> and the voice is fine i'm actually glad we didn't get an answer to that voice at this time yeah thank you because imagine if they would have given us that as well um, but it just felt like it could have been, I almost feel like the Spectre and the Phantom Stranger storyline could have been the first five issues. Oh, absolutely. There, you, if, you you have wanna, a, if you want to introduce characters, listen, I understand factory comic books. I understand how you have to tell stories and how, yes, you are trying to lead readers into purchasing other comic books. I understand that and I don't have a problem with that. It's a business and you need to make money. Otherwise, we don't have comic books. I understand that. Yes. But slow down a bit. I mean, imagine if we had the dual origin stories, essentially, or at least dual reintroductions of these characters into the New 52, and then we led to a bigger story. But give us five issues of the Phantom Stranger dealing with the Spectre in a way that just feels right. It just doesn't feel like there was a respect for these characters. If you, I don't know if that makes sense. It just, it doesn't feel like they understood the intricacies and the importance of both these characters oh, yeah. to say, Hey, we need to slow down. And um, listen, I know we have in about two months, we have this Trinity war we have to get to, but <laughs> let me, let us, we'll get there, but let me do at least five or six issues where I really just focus. It's focus I, on these individuals here. It's, it's a lot like what Milligan did with justice league, dark volume yes. one. He didn't, throw everybody into the comic book. He threw our needed players that were essentially going to be JLD 1.0. They had Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman to kind of pass the torch to Justice League Dark, right? Yes. But we were actually received a story that was about Justice League Dark. We learned about Boston Brand. We learned about Zatanna. We learned about... um. Madam Xanadu, we learned Xanadu. about Constantine. 
all in about six issues. Milligan did a good job pacing himself. And then when you get to this, it's it's what I have circled here as the ultimate blue ball moment where you can tell this epic story. So you mean to tell me that the Spectre's Wrath was created because the Phantom Stranger <laughs> betrays him uh, yeah. and causes the death of yeah. his wife. Well, okay. And that's where I, I rolled my eyes so far back. I think my son thought I was having a seizure because, <laughs> because yes, Dave, how many times can they throw the word betrayal in there? Yeah. He's going to betray us. I'm like, listen, motherfucker, we understand he's Judas Iscariot. He, it was kind of clear at issue zero. You want to keep beating <laughs> us over the head with it? Exactly. We get it. We get it. And we get it. But like you have this really cool moment that basically, okay, so we're going to get like the specter chasing down the phantom stranger, which sounds epic to me. Yeah. Like the really phantom is. stranger is now the, the, the spirit of wrath at this point. And all he thinks about now is the fact that the phantom stranger caused the, not just his death, but the death of close to the death of his wife. Mm-hmm. And I'm like going, yeah, that's a very powerful story. Meanwhile, you're dealing with a character who essentially has to look at this and say, I am the I am in history the great betrayer mm-hmm. and I'm going to betray this person who believes in me <laughs> solely. Like Jim Corrigan basically says I'm going to help you. Yes, absolutely. Without any question, Jim Corrigan yeah. helps the phantom stranger out only for the phantom stranger to betray him in the end. That dual uh, like like what you mentioned that dual parallel? Yeah, it's awesome. Could have been so awesome and we never get it. It is awesome. It just they didn't Further, they didn't go further didn't go with further it. They didn't go further with it. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like if they had just, if they had just slow played just a bit and really focused on the mythos of the Phantom Stranger for those first five issues, I, again, the Judas Iscariot thing for me is fine, but let's slow play it. It, it would have worked that much better. These types of problems, again, though, are, and I understand, are very common amongst the mainstream titles. Now, that being said, let's switch gears just a bit because I want to talk about the things that we really did like. And I do have two favorite issues that made me smile during these during these five issues here. They were the stories that felt closest to kind of I want to say close ended that they allowed things to slow down just a bit and focus on. I don't want to say solid character development, but at least allowed us to marinate a bit and understand uh, the dynamic between certain characters and even uh, imply certain things. Now, I enjoyed issue, I believe, number three quite a bit. That was the Doctor 13 and the Haunted Highwayman. (laughs) Yeah, that's actually a pretty decent one. I love to see how they pull the mythos into the Phantom Stranger story. Also, here is where it was in my opinion, much smarter in how they fleshed out the Phantom Stranger's backstories, his powers, his abilities, etc., facing him off against a person of hell. Poetically, it's magnificent. On the pages, it was even better. The meshing of the hellish reds, you know, from the coloring side, the artistry, and the more bluish tones that evoke images of divinity. I thought it worked really well, but imagine if issue three is where they gave us our first bit on who the Phantom Stranger is when the highwayman says, oh, I know of you. You're I am from hell. You're from someplace above. Just again, horrible writing. I'm just doing this on the fly. But imagine 
if that's where we got our first bits of implications as to who the Phantom Stranger is. Exactly. Because the Highwaymen did know who he was and he did hear of him. He wasn't quite sure of his powers and his abilities, but he knew of him for the most part. Mm -hmm. Doctor 13 is literally an investigator. If you wanted, think about this. If you wanted to keep Phantom Stranger a mystery and you wanted to remain consistent with his supporting aspects as a character, right? Rather than being the the main protagonist, right? Yeah. The story should have been told through the eyes of Dr. 13. And Dr. 13 is trying to investigate and find out who the Phantom Stranger is and why he's here now. What's his purpose? Imagine if they would have done it that way. It would have worked so much better. And you saw a lot of that in the works here within issue three. That's why I liked it, because this was a more subtle way to imply certain things. And honestly, this issue felt like classic Phantom Stranger storytelling. You know, even from the from the comics from the 70s and 80s, which I grew up on, this honestly felt organically like a true Phantom Stranger issue. Yeah. Where it was kind of like, okay, you have this mysterious character. He's saving. He's helping everyone. No one knows about he is. The villain kind of knows about him. And the problem that I had with it was in the back of my head, I still had issue zero going. Oh, yes. I know. (laughs) Okay. He's Judas Iscariot. And then you brought up the whole thing where he says, I know you're uh, being from above as well where I'm from below. And I'm like, okay. So... Is there more to the Phantom Stranger? This is good. I'm not saying that I mean, this just is a bad imagine thing. if his powers, if he had said something alluding to his powers. And that's all you got to do. Your, your powers are the opposite of mine. Opposite it's, of mine. Exactly. Oh, man. It just, my mind just started spinning with the possibilities. But that's why ultimately I get frustrated because there are some solid concepts here. And I see that Dan DiDio knows how to write. I'm not saying he doesn't. Yeah. I just don't think he was focused on. I don't think he was focused nor cared to really write a solid comic book for Phantom Stranger. He was tasked. He tasked himself to simply write a billboard to promote an upcoming saga. Well, the other, the other problem that I'd also see that Dio had is he's dealing with a character that normal writers aren't used to writing for. Right. I mean, he's not an, and let's, he's not uh, a Superman type of character. He's not an easy character he's not to, an write easy character to write he's for. He's not. And also, to be fair, he's not an easy character for, especially with what they were doing with, with how they were using him, I should say, yeah. in the 90s with Vertigo. When you take that version of the Phantom Stranger, that guy just wouldn't work for the mainstream. He is far too dark. Far too powerful. Far too powerful, which is a big problem with both him and the Spectre. They become AOS machinas very often. You have to be careful with that. But I understand he needed to kind of dull the the sharp edges of the Phantom Stranger. I, I get all of that. Mm-hmm. So, all right, issue number four is my second favorite issue of this series here. Where the Justice League Dark guest stars. Uh, The Phantom Stranger was already, I believe at this time, he was already introduced to Justice League Dark for a very brief moment. 
if memory serves me correct, he was a bit of a harbinger. He spoke to Constantine and he alluded to a coming <laughs> war. Yes. Uh, in this issue, the reason why I loved it so much, once again, the Phantom Stranger is not the center of attention. Right? They're not yeah. trying to make it all about him. Yes, the opening pages were a little eye-rolly with him going to get clothes with his wife, which was, I'm like, holy fuck, am I watching a CW TV show here? And it, it seemed kind of off at first. Right. But then when Constantine summons the man, when he is changing clothes. <laughs> that was cool. And he cool. uses some type of magic to summon Phantom Stranger and traps him so he can convince him to be on their side for this coming war that they've been working toward in the GLD pages. Uh, and of course, partially connected to the Trinity war story, but there's more to their connection later that we'll get into. But uh, I like that. I liked seeing classic John Constantine just uh, rather than calling the guy and say, Hey, I need to talk to you. Let's uh, figure some things out. We could use your help. He just summons him yeah. in the midst of the man trying on clothes with his wife. He completely disappears on her. Uh, I just liked seeing Constantine interact with Phantom Stranger and how yeah. Phantom Stranger just couldn't believe the balls on the guy. And I felt like I was, for the briefest of moments, I felt like I was watching or reading some classic John Constantine from Vertigo. Yeah. Because he had that cocky swagger, uh, the manipulative ways, not because he's evil, not because he's bad, but hey, I need to prepare and you are way too powerful and I need you as a weapon. So yeah. I'm going to go ahead and set things up to where I can control you and use you when I need. And, it, and it, in regards to, to John Constantine, the relationship between he that he has with Constantine, it made complete sense. Like, I liked how they originally did it. My only issue with with as we were going along and then you introduce Constantine, you introduce his interactions uh, yeah. with Swamp Thing yeah. and Justice League Dark, you start seeing a depowering of the Phantom Stranger where it's like, why is the Phantom Stranger having problems with this? Okay, I you agree. Know? But this is also John Constantine. This guy can Constantine, trap anyone. Yeah, Constantine, I completely understand. Yeah. Uh, but like there comes a point when... And that's where you're the clipping, charms you're of, clipping his balls too much. Yeah, you're clipping I get your what balls you're saying. Too yeah. much. And if it was just Constantine doing it, sure. In fact, this is actually uh this is at the point when I read this issue. Well, Phantom Stranger did cut off Frankenstein's arm in this in this <laughs> issue, which I thought was fucking funny. But I like looked at this, I was like, like, okay, this is cool. You're 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 keeping the character Constantine intact because hey, Constantine just as you said, he's the only one that would have the balls to do this. <laughs> and yeah. he should. Just seeing Constantine gain the upper hand over a character like the Phantom Stranger, this cosmic level entity. But also, come on. I mean, the Trenchcoat Brigade. So if we can ever see them together, even oh, though, absolutely. you know, this is totally something different. Uh, that's the only thing that was a bit irritating. Especially but it couldn't you, be helped with with what the New Fifty Two was doing. But especially I still since loved. outside, you kind of saw the characters right there. You had, yeah, I know these issues where, hey, wait a minute, there's there's a Mister E all the way over there. I know, no one's dealing with him, and then you see the other characters, and it's like we need the trench coat brigade. Who, who are we missing from the trench coat brigade it's at this point? Constantine, Phantom Stranger, Mister E, and then. Why can't we remember? It was the the guy that's also a woman. 
Yeah, I'm trying to remember what his name was. Oh, come on, Dave. You're making us look like noobs. I was hoping <laughs> you knew. I, I completely forgot. Let me take a look real quick. We just have too many names of heroes in oh, our... That's the thing. It mixes all together. <laughs> there we go. Trenchcoat Brigade. Dr. Occult. Yes, that's right. <laughs> yeah. And like you have those four characters out in the DC 52 and no one's touching them. And was Dr. Occult ever introduced at this time? Uh, I believe so in the dial for uh, dial for H. And I'm sure, you know, they were completely neutered, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that, that was the thing that, you know, is my uh, we've already discussed about and about the Phantom Stranger in the New 52 is you neuter these characters because these characters are supposed to be all powerful. <laughs> and Plus, I like I like Doctor Cole because you know he oh, could turn into a woman. Doctor Cole was I'm awesome. Like, he's one up? of the he's one of the unsung heroes for the Trenchcoat Brigade. But like, you have Mystery who built on the fact that he was a vampire. But then in New Fifty Two, they just came out and said, "Yeah, he's a vampire." But that's no it. out of the Trenchcoat <laughs> Brigade. As where things are at currently, when when I'm saying when I say currently, I mean where we're reading right now. This this new two thousand and what fourteen yes. new fifty two. Who's your favorite member of the Trenchcoat Brigade? Oh, Phantom Stranger. I love. No, no, I'm not talking about in general. Oh, in general, I'm talking about the the new versions within the pages of the new fifty two. Constantine. Yeah, Constantine. I by think far. even though I have my problems with some of his characterizations, I think overall he, he's still a character's he, intact. Yes. He's the closest. Like the thing Phantom that stranger is very, very different. He's um, very different. Uh, Mr. E is completely different. Oh yeah. Because they turned him completely evil yeah. <laughs> and he's a, he's a major villain, but I'm like going, Mr. E was never really evil per se. Yeah, he was a twisted <laughs> motherfucker. He was a twisted but, motherfucker. Yeah. But the fact of matter is Mr. E would help people that basically he had allies with. Right. And the same thing with Dr. Occult. Dr. Occult, they kind of changed him to be more villainous than anything else. And that's that's my problem that I have with the New 52. They they want to introduce a darker element to the DC, but... But they didn't want to go the distance. They don't want to go the distance. But Dave, also, let's remember that to us, we're deviants. We like to read the dark shit. And to us, this isn't dark. But I was reading reviews on for the phantom stranger volume volume one stranger among us and there's a lot of dc readers who were praising this series saying it's so nice to see the dark side of to see a darker story in the dc universe this is a great contrast when compared to the stories of superman and batman and wonder woman at this time at that time so i'm yes. like huh i just think we are different we honestly dave i think when it comes down to it we are just not the new 52 demographic we yeah. are not the ones they were trying to grab we're not those readers we were already reading john constantine we were already reading the phantom stranger yeah so when the new 52 comes around it wasn't necessarily about us they were writing for a different demographic and i think ultimately that's what it comes down to because when i look at this objectively when i take a look at this remembering this for what it is and not what I want it to be. Exactly. Yes. It's not bad. 
Yeah. It's not bad. Remembering what it is and who it's for is not awful. Yeah, because you have to look at it with a critical eye. Because in the very beginning when I uh, started started reading this series, I went into it as a fan of The Phantom Stranger. Yeah. And like old school fan. I was an old school fan. And by Of course issue, you're going to throw things at the wall. I yeah, mean, I'm by sure. issue 10, I wanted to give up on it. Yeah. Because it's not The Phantom Stranger that I know. But now that uh, I've been able to actually take a step back and kind of read it for what it is, it's made for a new demographic. It's made to bring in new, new readers because just like what you alluded to, you have a lot of newer reviewers getting introduced to this character and saying, Hey, this is really cool. We're getting like dark storytelling, right? But for us old school fans, we already had that dark storytelling. And we kind so, of lost it as well because, yeah, we and, that, lost and I think that was the problem that I had with the new Fifty Two, Dave, including the Phantom Stranger, is that when they introduced all of this, I'm like, okay, so you want to do the new Fifty Two? That's great, uh, that's awesome. I understand bringing those stories in, those characters in for a different demo, but don't quit the stuff you're doing for us. And ultimately, mm-hmm. that's my problem with the new Fifty Two is that they quit Hellblazer. Yeah. And just gave us this version of John Constantine. Which was watered down. And then Phantom Stranger stories all but, you know, fizzled. Yes, there wasn't a whole bunch coming out at the time, but they reintroduced this this character into DC continuity as the, you know, with the origin story of being Judas Iscariot. And all for what? When you really think about it, because then they squandered it. Mm-hmm. They have not done anything with the Phantom Stranger now Nothing. in a very, very long time. Especially- so you did all of this. You reintroduced it. You kind of, again, I don't want to be a baby and say they destroyed his origin because at any point they can do a Hellblazer maneuver and just go back and do those stories again. Yes. You know, so it's not, I'm not saying it can never be done. It can, but ultimately they stopped everything and i think what the reason why the only reason why they didn't continue hellblazer and and i'm going to use that as an example for the phantom stranger here is because they knew that they needed our support as well they needed people to all want to go out and buy the new john constantine storyline and if hellblazer was going on at the same time we wouldn't have done that oh yeah because like you would have stayed away from the Constantine, the major Constantine. It's uh, almost like title. Yeah, it's almost like, hey, I'm starving, and if you put a cheeseburger or a head of broccoli in front of me, I'm going to eat <laughs> gonna the eat cheeseburger. <laughs> but if you take the cheeseburger away and I'm hungry, I'm going to eat the broccoli. Exactly. So the broccoli is the new Fifty Two John Constantine. I'm like, oh, you know what? I need something. Espe- I need something. Especially when you have like these really great moments that kind of fizzle. What, what, and what I mean is you have the, these cool moments, especially, you know, like introducing the spear of destiny. Oh, yeah. Well, that's later. Jumping yeah. ahead. But yeah. Having having for some strange reason that that Justice League Dark needed the Phantom Stranger to join their ranks. And Dude, I here's love Constantine. It. I love all of that. Trying to con him into joining them. Yeah. It's, uh, he ha- what did he have? Like uh, one of the coins that yeah. he needed to lift his curse. Yeah. He had one of the coins just randomly. I'm like, going, how did John get that? That's an epic thing. How that, did he that get that? should have been a side story. Did we ever get story. that? Did we ever get no. a side story? No, we never got anything hmm, to explain remember. that. And just like what you said is like Dan DiDio was just laying groundwork without thinking, 
hey, I better find a way to actually explain all these stories. So I think it's uh, J.M. Demetis yeah. is the one who came came in after DiDio. So he has stories to tell. And Demetis comes in and goes, I can't do any of this. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's, it's, it's the one thing that hampers the Phantom Stranger title because it's kind of like you have all these great moments, but they just fizzle out. And then just... As we alluded to, it just leads off to it getting canceled by issue 22. Uh, yeah, which with no fan is a shame that they used a fan of Stranger as part of the Trinity, the sense, the Trinity of sin. Right. Oh, and yeah. then, you know, which is going to be the very foundation for this war, for this big crossover. Right. Mm-hmm. And then two, less than two years later, it's like, ah, it's canceled. Uh-huh. Well, he was he was the thread. He was the threat. He was the threat for this entire agenda. We could we could easily do a a show on how underrated the Trinity of Sin is. And I would actually I would actually have Paul come in because like, yes, it leads to nothing, but there was so much epicness <laughs> in it. Well that we, we, we we're we, gonna get into it. When because we, we're could have. We're we gonna could've. cover we're gonna get into Justice League Dark eventually here real soon. Oh yeah. Um, and then once we get to those pages that lead directly into the Trinity War, I'm actually going to cover the Trinity War as a whole. Oh, yeah. we'll do it into three shows and we'll cover the entire Trinity War. And yes, I'm not I don't care about covering Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman on this show. But because Justice League Dark was such a huge part of that crossover that we'll just discuss all of it. And yeah, maybe we will bring Paul in since he's our our host for the Batman fan show and he can, you know, spread some knowledge when it comes to the Batman side of things. And we'll discuss the Trinity war. Cause I've read through, I should say I've reread through, I'm going to say at least three quarters of it now. So it's definitely fresh in my mind. It is. And like the one thing too, that I think not a lot of people actually talk about is in Phantom stranger, the really interesting side stories that was going on was the relationship between the phantom stranger pandora and the question yeah that was the whole mystery behind the trinity trinity of sin and the question's dope dude the question he he doesn't get enough credit now did you know because i did not know this until recently did you know originally the question was supposed to be in alan moore's the watchman yes okay so apparently in Alan Moore's comic book series Watchmen, it was originally planned to use a number of Charlton Comics characters, including the question. Yeah. And when DC, the owner of the characters, found out what he intended, found out that he intended to kill the question along with a number of other characters, he was asked to make new characters. Yeah. And then the question became Rorschach. Rorschach. Yep. I did not know that until oh, yeah. very, very recently. That That is a piece of like comic book lore that a lot of historians talk about is like Alan Moore originally wanted the Watchmen to be the justice league, to be the DC heroes. And if you look at every single one of his characters, you kind of, you, when you squint, you kind of yeah. see the connections and the biggest one was the question. It was better with, that he as did Rorschach. This. Ultimately, I think it's better that he had his own characters. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But if you think about it, the question written as Rorschach makes so much sense. Oh, totally. Totally it does. makes so much sense. Yeah. 
All right. So artwork, let's talk about it briefly. Brent Anderson, I felt, did a fantastic job. I loved reexamining the pages. Uh, when I just read a comic book and just go right through it, I just read the bubbles. So I'm like, okay. That's usually because the artwork doesn't entice me to linger. I felt like Brent Anderson did a really good job. I loved uh, some of the the poetry that went into his artistry. You can tell there were things that he was trying to say with his art. Mm-hmm. Uh, in some in some ways, I felt like Brent Anderson Brent Anderson might have understood the Phantom Stranger better than Dan DiDio himself because I felt like the artwork actually helped many of the times. Yeah, because so. like it, it it's very. It's very reminiscent of the classic way of the Phantom Stranger is seen. And that's why I really liked about the earlier 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 art for the for the Phantom for Stranger the, for the Phantom Stranger was really well done. It's so good, dude. It's and so awesome. Fernando Blanco toward the end when he I think Fernando Blanco took over by issue 10 or it was like toward the end, tail end of the run. He did a decent job about it, but there was something about that earlier art that they were really trying to hammer home kind of like that nostalgia bug of, Hey, you remember the Phantom stranger? This is what he looks like now and everything else. And even some of the covers, some of the, there's very rarely do I see some of the covers that stick out to me, but issue 12 was actually really good. That, that one had the uh, cover of the sin eater. That was actually one of my favorites. Yeah, I, I like the artwork. I have no problem with with any of the artwork. Yeah, the art it was amazing. I mean, yeah. I prefer the look of the vertical art. That's just my own preference. But I'll take this artwork any day of the week as well. I mean, it's fantastic. Well, the the art kind of looked at uh, for me. It was almost like a blend between like the vertigo type of art and then what you would expect in a mainstream type of comic. Yeah, I would agree. And like. It made it very, it made it very palatable for audiences everywhere. I think that's where a lot of like the good reviews come from is the fact that this series was very easy to read. Yeah, it's pretty. The, the artwork is pretty. It's clean and it tells its own story and it and engages. Even you. if people aren't aware of what they're reading, I know not everyone is designed to interpret art and interpret pictures, but subconsciously we're all doing it. Yeah. And that's something I felt was the strength of of at least volume one. I'm not sure if Brett Anderson stays the course of all 22 issues. No, I think it changes about midway, as I said. But I, mean, I, I dig it. I dig it. So, all right, Dave, let's get into final thoughts. We got to wrap. Uh, final thoughts on the Phantom Stranger for for a break in series. If you do not have like the strong ties that I do as a old school character for me, for the Phantom Stranger, this is actually a really good series to break into the new 52. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Four. very easy to read. I think the score on it, I'm going to give it for me at the end was really surprising as 75. Okay. I really thought that going into this, because I remember how, how <laughs> frustrated I was with the title. I was going to give this like a 50. Well, I know when I told you to reread it, I said, reread this. And Cause then, we're going to discuss it. You just made this face like a oh, fuck. Yeah. And then I said, okay, I'm going to go into this critically and see if I could pick things out. And there was a lot of stuff I could pick out. Yeah. If I just gave it enough 
if enough time for me to kind of adjust to this is who the Phantom Stranger is in the new DC universe. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give this an RMD score of 71%. I did not hate it. I actually did, despite being critical. I mean, that's our job, right? That's what we do on this show. I did enjoy it. I didn't dislike it. I didn't feel like I was like it was a chore to read. Um, and I do agree with your your thoughts on it being a good starting point. If you don't know much about Phantom Stranger and you want to get into him and read him a bit, yeah, start here. Don't start with Vertigo. Don't start with Vertigo. <laughs> because then you're not going to like this. Yeah, that's that's heavy reading. I feel like you you should start here, and then once you exhaust all New 52, you know, post New 50, New 52 and post New 52, then possibly go back and and it won't affect your like for the Phantom Stranger in the New 52 run. Uh, but ultimately, you look back and you just think, what was the point? They created this entire foundation for the Trinity War, and then you had no conclusion because of Forever Evil. Yeah. Uh, many of these New 52 entries were just ways to squeeze money out of the readers. And again, I get it. It's a business. Um, for the most part, there was a strategy to John Constantine and the Justice League Dark series. That's where I feel like this veers away. Uh, yes, you can say John Constantine was also designed to create crossovers and the Justice League Dark was designed to create crossovers. But I also feel like there was a strategy with the stories. They were intent on telling a story about Justice League Dark, about John Constantine. Mm -hmm. With a Phantom Stranger, at least within the first five issues here, even though it's very strange, because even though they give us tons of origin and they're beating us over the head with it, I don't feel like we're watching a story or reading a story about the Phantom Stranger. I feel like we're laying down foundation. Foundation. And that's my biggest problem with it. Tons of great ideas. Oh, absolutely. Amazing concepts. And it definitely gets the creative juices flowing, you know, from a creative side. You're just like, oh, fuck, what if they did this? What, what if they did, did that? that? Yeah, so 71%. I want to thank everyone for listening to our discussion today on the House of Mystery. If you are listening to us on our 24-7 channel, RM Channel 001 on TuneIn, you can find all of our shows on demand on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and Spotify. Just search House of Mystery, John Constantine, and Friends Podcast. Thank you, David. Thank you. My name is John Constantine. I'm the one who steps from the shadows, all trench coat and arrogance. I'll drive your demons away, kick them in the bollocks, and spit on them when they're down. Leaving only a nod and a wink and a wisecrack. I'll walk my path alone, because let's be honest. Who'd be crazy enough to walk it with me?